You are listening to What Happens When I Die, and I'm Anna Hacker from Australian Unity. Sounds a bit morbid, but as a lawyer, my experience has shown that most of us are unprepared for the practicalities of our own death. In today's episode, we'll be discussing what happens to your things. My guest is Amy from The Art of Decluttering. Amy is a professional organiser. Along with her business partner, Kirsty, they established a professional decluttering business and podcast that can provide coaching and support in a non-judgmental way to assist you how to learn to declutter. So welcome, Amy. Thanks, Anna. Lovely to be here. I'm so excited. I've been talking about how I have a celebrity in my podcast studio all week, and so I'm just absolutely chuffed that you're here. I think that what we are going to talk about is going to be so relevant to everyone, because when people talk about their estates, they often say, I have nothing. Well, at the absolute least, what they have is their things in their home and whether or wherever they are. Now, from a legal point of view, I call these things chattels. Now, most people haven't heard of Never that. Never heard of that. <laughs> so chattels are anything that's really in your home. So your furniture, it's items that are, are movable. So that's another le- legal term. They're things that you could literally pick up and move and take out. Chattels are those sorts of things. We also talk about items of personal adornment and that's actually... I like that. <laughs> I think that we are well adorned today. Yes. <laughs> but I think that those are those items that often have the huge sentimental value. Things like necklaces, rings, yeah. wedding engagement rings. These are the sorts of things that you probably have to talk to your clients about every day. Yeah, and I think the thing Anna is it doesn't matter whether you're 20 or whether you're 80 at some point your stuff is going to have to be gone through what is it was it called chattels your chattels your chattels and your items of adornment <laughs> someone at some time is going to have to go through them it can be you or it will be probably family once mm. you die and that's the interesting thing here because what we talk about in most of our episodes is how do you plan for this now There's a lot of planning that can go into where your superannuation goes. You can plan where a bank account goes. You can talk in your will about that. Traditionally, people have put lots of information in wills about, I want this ring to go here and this to go here. Mm. But the reality is there's a a few reasons why we might not wait until someone's actually passed away to actually deal with their things, their items. And, And I'm sure that this is a big part of what you have to talk with your clients about. Yeah, and I think if you go back to when our grandparents were, say, in the 1920s, 1930s, so their inheritance was actually where the value was and the value was in their buffet or in a ring, whereas nowadays inheritance outside of financially is usually about emotional attachment, about sentimentality. And so the reason for an inheritance has completely changed over probably just two generations. Absolutely. And we find that a lot with our clients, whereas I inherited that and it has sentimental value, but the person that was giving it to them, say your grandma, to her that was her value. That's where mm. the value was. So it can be really, really tricky. Mm. There's, a, there's, a really, there's a lot of interesting examples of um, sentimental items being passed on to other generations in, in history. And I, I, one will that I always remember about is Shakespeare's. Now he Ooh. had, I know, he had various gifts, but he actually gave his wife his, their second best bed in his will. <laughs> Who got the first place? I don't know. It doesn't actually say. Apparently she wasn't worth the first, the first best woman. I know. <laughs> bed. Nowadays we do actually see similar things in wills. I'm not saying second best bed, but, you know, there, there's really detailed lists of what people want to happen to the, these items. Mm. And from an estate planning point of view, we usually say don't actually put it in the will 
Um, have you ever had to look through a will to help someone go through people's personal items? Mm, good question. I haven't personally, and I don't think Kirsty has either. Mm. We tend to, often we're coming in either just before and we're helping someone in their later years to declutter and prepare and we would give the same advice. Um, or it's that little bit after, so maybe two or three years after the person's passed when the emotions have kind of settled and they're going, okay, I'm ready to go through the garage, the storage unit, whatever it is, where they've basically kept everything. Mm. And then our job is to help go through that. Yeah, and 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 I think that, you know, on your podcast you've talked to, um, to people who have had to go through this mm. and it's a very emotional thing because those sentimental items, are, that, that's the value, as we were saying. In a will, though, people often look at it from a, a bit more of a, there might be a bit of an emotional aspect, but they're, they're being a bit methodical, which yeah. is not how they're dealing with it then after the person's passed away. That's a great point. So the, the intention before totally changes to the heart afterwards. Mm. Oh, I really yeah, like that. Yeah, it changes to the heart. I like Ooh, that Oh, I'm going to use that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the other thing that we're seeing nowadays in estate planning, and, and this is probably coming a little bit from lawyers because what we're seeing, and, and, and you've already talked about it, is it's happening before people are passing away we're not waiting because the the people are moving into an aged care assisted living facility they're having to clear out their home they don't often have a lot of space and I've seen that with my own family we've had um, relatives who've moved into an aged care facility the space is significantly less Mm. you know than a whole home they have very limited um, spots for, for for their different chattels different chattels <laughs> but they want to keep those really important things and so they're yeah. giving them away now have you been involved when people have actually had to declutter their own homes mm. and and choose what is important to give to other people yes and so mm. i think often our advice when we're dealing with someone who's at that stage and actually let me just say beforehand i think for the first time ever in australian history we're at the point where two generations are going through that at the same time so we've oh, got like really ninety-five-year-olds going through that. At the same time, their seventy-five-year-old kids are going through it. So I think it's really unique. We're not just mm. seeing one generation pass to the next who are ready to buy their new house, need furniture, and all that kind of thing. There's because of our life expectancy growing. I feel like there is now two generations going through the same thing at the same time. It's that's. That's a really good point. I haven't even yeah. thought about that before, but you're completely right. So I think that changes it. When someone is preparing to, you know, go through their chattels, <laughs> go through their stuff before they maybe moved into aged care or just when they're realising if I don't go through it now, someone else is going to have to do it later. Our biggest advice to people is be a storyteller. So mm. maybe get your family in for a day and bring out the things that are important to you and tell the stories because that might mean that the stamp collection actually is really valuable to you because it tells the story of when you travelled the world in your 20s and you got on a train and you went through Venice. Like that's important, whereas what we often call the brown furniture, you know, the furniture that's the old furniture, like my generation are not furnishing their houses mm. with really old, well-built furniture generally. And so even though that might be worth more financially, actually the value is where the story is. And so we encourage people to tell the story, tell the stories, record them, write them down so that those little items that were important to you are the things passed down and people aren't just picking things out of value. Because that's not what we want for our inheritance. I don't want my kids to go, oh, well, that ring was worth the most. That's what I want of mum's. I want them to say, mum always cooks scones with me, so I want the rolling pin. Yeah, and... 
Oh, look, this this is even bringing back memories of when we had um, a family member go into aged care and we were all putting stickers, you probably yeah, see yeah, this, yep. putting stickers Different onto the things and, yeah. and talking to people, remembering what that experience yeah. was. Why was this important and why was... Now, in this case, it was actually my in-law's family. So my husband's family and they were going through everything and again they were thinking about those sentimental items and there was one thing, now I'm a baker, I love cooking Mm. and so the one thing that really appealed to me, now my husband and I were only, we'd only been together a few years at this point but it was a a set of scales that had actually been brought over from Ireland. So one with the really traditional, the the actual, the weights in it. Like the actually, the the weight them out. Exactly. Oh, that's lovely. And and they all remembered their mother making scones and making cakes with this, this set of scales that had come all the way from Ireland to Australia in the 70s. And I noticed there wasn't a sticker on it. Now, I probably was overstepping my mark as the not even daughter-in-law, future daughter-in-law. But I asked, is it okay if I I asked for this? And in the end, no one else wanted it. But I was given it on condition that if we broke up, I had to give it back. (laughs) I love it. It still is sitting on my fridge today, pride of place, because for me, that baking, even though, you know, I obviously at that point wasn't in the family for long. Now it's 20 years later. And so it is actually really important. It's now your story as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, the idea of having that connection to the motherland. Well, motherland. I don't yeah. think Ireland is a motherland, is oh, it? I, pff, you're asking the wrong question. <laughs> Let's go with motherland. Their original home <laughs> That's right, was really homeland. important, something that they, they, they brought with them. So it was actually really lovely. And, and that's, I guess, when we look with our clients at what their items are, mm. what is it that they're wanting to pass on. One, they do look at the sentimental side, but in a lot of cases they think things are worth Mm. a lot more than what they are. And I guess that that's then moving on to that our next topic. Yeah. How do you actually help families understand, look, there's the sentimental items, but how do we actually work together mm. to actually get through this decluttering or the, the moving from a, a large space to a small space? I think what a lot of people find is an item should be worth a lot of money, mm. whether it's because maybe a parent said to them, this dining table is circa 1890 and so therefore it is worth a lot of money. They've never had it valued. Mm. No one else has ever expressed interest in buying it, but to them they see it as valuable. And I think that can be really tricky and quite devastating for children who are keeping items and then eventually go to get it valued and say, oh, man, I've been keeping like a $30 table and I wasn't using it because I was told it was so expensive. So often my encouragement is to actually know what you're dealing with Mm. so find out what it's worth because I would hate for someone to keep a beautiful crockery set in the cupboard as an inheritance because apparently it's worth thousands so find out it's worth twenty dollars but the value would have been in using it every night Mm. and they've missed out on that because Mm. of miss um, expectations of what something's worth and so do you often encourage people then to get a professional valuer or, or yeah if the item if if they can't be satisfied with our experience so we see a lot of stamps and dolls and toys and Mm. furniture and lots of things that people in the past were able to get money for yeah so those kind of places antique shops were much more likely to take things i've had valuers come out to clients i've taken items to valuers and i don't think in my seven years i've ever had a valuation over a hundred dollars for anything so you haven't had a antiques roadshow moment no i have not had that moment (laughs) And I don't know anyone that has. Usually it's the sentimental value. And I would say if that's the case, use it, display it, honour it. Because if we want those items to actually be an inheritance, use it. Like Mm. give it honour, 
tell mm. the story, tell the story of the out of tune piano, mm. of how your grandparents learnt to play on it when they were living overseas, or tell the story of the spoon collection. Like tell these stories because that's I think we often keep things out of fear. What if I forget? Yeah. But the opposite of fear is love. And so share that that love. Share the stories. Let your kids know what it is. Because otherwise your items are they're just items. Yeah. This is stuff. And, th- and this this is why this topic is actually one of the ones that from a lawyer's point of view, when we talk with our clients, it becomes the most emotional, other than probably kids. Mm. <laughs> more than money? Yeah. More than money. Right. So so the money is often easy because you, you, you have very set ideas about what you want to do set with commodity. your money. Exactly. Right. And the the I the, the, the rings and the, the, the bracelets, mm. that's what we often have people come back and talk to us about. Right. Um, I want need to update my will because I'm changing this or I've given that away already and and I love that concept of giving the early inheritance of the items you know I can see my granddaughter enjoying the ring she's wearing it every day or or she's not because she's worried it's too expensive (laughs) she should probably get it valued my grandma did that so um, when she moved into retirement aged care she gave all the grandchildren inheritance of a couple of thousand dollars and so what we did is we bought a piano because Mm. she'd always loved me playing piano when I was a kid and I'd do concerts for her and I thought what a great way to honor her to get a piano and pay for my kids to have lessons. Mm. So the value is not in the piano because yes. I could have saved up and bought that. The value is in the story. Like my grandma loved the piano and loved hearing it and now my child, like it, and that can make that it connection. so much more special than just I got this stuff and it's meant to be worth money and I feel bad getting rid of it. Yeah. And and that's, you know, the I guess that the probably the toughest part. So we, we, we kind of covered that. You've got the, those strategies for when people may, they may still be alive. So they're looking at how mm. do I actually declutter my home or, 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 or downsize and, and make sure that these go to the right people. The other side is someone's passed away. Yeah. And, and, and it's going through without them there. Mm. Do you have any strategies or, or things that you commonly see in that phase so someone's passed away you said before there might be a few years before they're even looking at how to deal with their asset their assets or Mm -hmm. their chattels are there strategies that you you commonly use or wish people used more maybe I like the sticker and the sticky note option where you have free reign to go through and put your sticker or your sticky note color on anything it doesn't matter if there's three other sticky notes on that toaster Everyone gets to do that and then you have discussion. I think it's so emotional. I think that's the challenge relationally. It can be really challenging. Like how do you decide? And and if we're not talking about what's worth more financially, how do you make decisions on who gets that artwork? Is it because you didn't get another statue or is it because that would look better in your house? Like there's so many factors. I think it's a great option to bring in someone who's removed a bit from the situation. So a professional organiser is great at that because wherever you are in the world, there are professional organisers. And to come in and just be that person that's objective and can kind of bring everyone back to, now remember, this is about honouring that person. That can be really helpful for people. And it can be, you know, that thing actually might be a bit worth a bit of money or are you sure that you want to split those two things up or maybe split them up don't think you have to keep a set of paintings have one each just think creatively about that as well yeah and I think that that's where so that that's kind of where maybe people haven't talked about it but Mm. I think that um the other side is someone's passed away and there's a list Mm. this is what I want to go to these people have you encountered that in your (laughs) travels it's a difficult one it really is like do you honor the request of the person who's passed or do you think, 
Well, that person's past, we have their wishes, but as a family, we can communicate and we can pick what's best. There can be that real tension. And I think it is honouring if you're in relationship and if you're in agreement to divert from that list sometimes. I think that that's an okay thing. But again, I think that it's about relationship. Yeah. And I don't think you want to cost your family relationships over chuddles, chittles, chattels, chattels, and your <laughs> <Close. Uzabau. laughs> You don't want to have your family relationships unnecessarily have extra pressure because mm. of that. And so the lists are a great guide. Yeah, and and it's so interesting you say it like that because from a from the lawyer's point of view, so from a legal point of view, something's in a will, it has to be followed. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're meant to get a ring, yeah. and su- and the executor decides to give it to something else, someone else. They're not allowed to do that. They have to give it to you. You yeah, can choose, to, can give choose to, to give it to them. That's Correct. Fine. But what we encounter things have been given away. They don't have the value that you know. That there's also it, we try where possible. If it's appropriate to mm-hmm. say, right, put the really valuable things probably in a will yep. and do these letters of wishes. And yeah. again, we can have in the show notes a bit of a template for what to put in, yeah. uh, how to structure these letters of wishes. They're not meant to be overriding the will. And Great. that's where people get into trouble mm-hmm. sometimes. But the the the, the list of um, wishes or the chattels list, as we often call it, mm. um, is it is a guide. Yeah. And, and my worry sometimes is that people spend too much time on it because they they think, um, oh, I need to list absolutely everything. Mm. Um, and then on the other side, well, yeah, the, the family members feel, well, I have to take this. And if I don't take it, then mm. my, you know, this person will be upset or, you know, that, that their memory will not be honoured. But that approach, and it's the same with almost everything else in estate planning, it's that communication yeah. is the key. And I think that having the list as a guide is really important. And I guess that then to take it a step back, maybe talk about it before you've passed away. Write your chattels list, talk about it with your beneficiaries and say, is this actually what you want? Yeah. And I think you've absolutely nailed it on the head there, Anna, because it is about that communication. But it's also about remembering that even if I inherit something from my mum, at some point, I'm not going to have that anymore because I too am going to die. And is it worth me fighting for? For somebody else to have to deal with it later on i think that's really important to to have that big picture and my memories and my inheritance from the people that i love you cannot financially put a figure on it like Mm. that's impossible so what if instead as families we sat around and we had an afternoon where we told the people that are older than us or are sicker than us or whatever it would be what we love about them and almost do a eulogy because mm. it helps them understand that when they pass away, I don't care about your stuff, I care about you. And I think sometimes for that generation, that really hardworking immigrant generation that have come before us, that's where I come from, you know, that that there's so much hard work and pride in providing mm. that there's also this massive pressure of providing after you die. Yeah. But it, to us, we just want your memories and we want your stories and we want your relationship and we want you to know that we don't want you to feel this pressure in your latter days of how can I satisfy everyone's needs because it's just not about that it's not about stuff it never is yeah exactly and and that um that sacrificing a relationship because you want the extra little item or Mm. whatever it might be have that communication open and and really the earlier you plan anything like this Mm. the better if it's left it's probably it is probably going to cause an issue we certainly see that with estates um, 
more you know often more often than not mm. unfortunately because people do focus on these particular items and yeah it is sentimental mm. but with open communication you can usually resolve things one of the things we often see in clients homes is women our age like in their 30s and 40s who have a large collection of their grandma's stuff and it's not usually worth anything but it's often crockery or it's um, linen and fabric they are the two Mm. biggest things we see and they're huge collections and so they say, well, I would never use the crockery set. I actually don't like it. It's not dishwasher safe. Mm. And my toddlers will break it. Yep. So we're like, well, why don't you just display on the wall one of each item? And so I think there's this real, I think there's something about our generation and our grandmas that is significant and we keep those items, but we don't want, we don't want to risk ruining them. Yeah. But using them is what reinstates that memory and that item holds that memory. And so there is a beauty in women who are mm. our age get them mm. down use them like mm. use them for tea parties and make a doll's dress out of the fabric like start that story so it's not just stuff at the back of the wardrobe which is what we see all the time boxes yeah. and boxes of that was dad's i've never been through it and if i if we get it out and they're challenged to tell the stories they don't have the stories they just have the stuff and then it's not worth much. And it's probably going to just be sitting at the back mm-hmm. of someone's cupboard until, yeah, they pass yeah. away. And then someone else has an even harder Correct. problem because they have to not just deal with their own things, their parents' things, but their grandparents' exactly. things. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, Tell the stories, people, and display yeah. and honour items that you love. I love Put that them in idea. shadow boxes. Yeah. So my grandma knitted my firstborn some bomber booties. Mm-hmm. And when obviously outgrew them pretty quickly and we just kept one and we put it in a box frame and it's up on the wall. So he doesn't have anything else that she needed when he was little, but just Mm. that little one. And that's enough. Like That's enough to trigger that memory of, oh, wow, she took her time and she needed that. And they've got this common thing of the bombers and... Oh, that's really sweet. And that's something that then as well, that, okay, you haven't kept boxes and boxes. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of the people listening are thinking right now, I've just got boxes and boxes of, not that we're talking about babies things, but But that's often what they're they're keeping as a memory inheritance of a grandparent. Yeah. And thinking, I, I guess that that also goes to, you know, what the other things we were talking about. You think there's a huge value to these things. And I've, I, I'm just thinking about, you know, my kids are six and eight. When they were born, um, my mum presented me with all my old dolls. Well, one, I don't remember half of them yeah. because it's from a long time ago. Um, but they're also really, look, there's probably the ones that I really remember and really treach. I don't remember all of them. No. And she'd kept them. We've moved through multiple houses and they're still all there. So, you know, having th- yeah. that one thing that was probably important is probably um, you know, really good idea yeah. and, and honouring them. So, you know, the the items that are really important, don't mm-hmm. put them away in a box. No. Keep them out for display. And as you're going through life, like as we said before, all of our stuff eventually has to be dealt with by somebody. Mm. So get in the habit of curating your possessions as you go. Like if you love artwork, keep the artwork that you love and get rid of the stuff that you don't love and, and have that on display or you know, even books. You don't need 700 books in your house. If you've got five books that you want to pass on when you pass, then that's a great way to do it. Like it's that continual curation. 
that makes it not a laboursome and burdensome job at yeah. the other end. And I can, I, I, I'm sure that if my own mother is listening right now, all she's thinking is that bloody garage in the back that's full <laughs> of all yours and your brother's things that you should come and clear out. Um, you know, I think that that probably goes to the next topic then. Where has it gone wrong? So, mm. you know, yeah, we've talked about strategies and things, but, you know, are there things that commonly you see, you think if that had not happened that we could have avoided all of this conflict? You know, I see the the court litigation mm. which often does include fights about household items yeah. you know your spoon collections your coin mm-hmm. collections and, and teddy bears or you know things that are actually really important but do you see in what you have and maybe emotionally people get overwhelmed at what point and what are the things that they could have done then to try and prevent that happening Mm. one of the tips that we often give clients is say it's two years on from their parent passing and they might have a dozen big storage containers with all the things is we say pull it all out and actually pick out those items that are really important to you And if there's things that you want to sell for money, we often say check with your siblings or check with the wider family and just say, hey, I inherited this. It's no longer important to me or I don't have the space for it. It doesn't hold the memories. Would anyone else like it? So we really do encourage people to to have that communication rather than just putting it on Facebook Marketplace. That would be really and, awkward. Yeah, breaking someone's heart when Is they that see mum's it. Ring? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's popped up in my newsfeed. So it's really yeah. nice to have that communication, but also that you don't have to be the holder of all your family's stories and all your family's stuff. That there is that freedom to pick and choose. So I think it's gone wrong that we feel like we have to keep it all. So one tip can be, particularly if it's not an immediate family, so say an auntie's passed away, is to bring out on the kitchen table all the things you have from her or that remind you of her and just curate it, pick out the things that are really important. Um, So for my grandma, for instance, I've got two things. She's still alive, but she's in retirement. So we have the piano. So Mm. that's three. I have a teacup. So I used to love having cups of tea with her. So I have a teacup that she gave me and I have an orange blossom rose from her wedding bouquet oh, wow. that she gave me on my wedding day. Oh, so wow. like three really, really simple, yeah. don't want anything else, don't need anything else. I have the memories, I have the photos, I have the stories. Mm. But when you've got 60 things, you can't focus on that tiny orange blossom little bud mm. because you're overwhelmed by all of the things. Mm. So I think it's it's gone from here, we're going to divide everything up by five to maybe just go in and take the things you love and then let's get someone in to value it and then maybe we do a big donation day. Yeah. And I think not being scared to think, this is not something you have to do by yourself and that's why organisations such as yours, Mm. you know, there there are professionals that can come in and having seen this with clients, I think that it's probably the best money well spent in an estate administration. We're much cheaper than lawyers. Yeah, well... (laughs) You probably are. <laughs> but I think that the the emotional well-being of someone going through this mm. is, is actually really important. Yeah. And you can't probably grieve properly until you've actually done this. It's always sort of sitting mm. there um, or you might grieve while you're going through it. So you That's need really a support. Common. You need someone Yeah, there. we'll often hold space for clients where they cry and cry because they've actually held on to grief and they've locked up their grief while they're surrounded by the stuff. And it's not until they start going through that that it can really bring healing. And I'm sure you guys do the same where you mm. ha- hold that space and you're like, Okay, now we're ready to take that next step. I don't think that people need to rush. 
I think you don't want to make decisions that you regret in the moment. So say someone passes away and you, under whatever circumstances, you need to prepare that house for sale. You might say, let's hire a storage unit for six months. Let's just keep stuff. And then at a particular date when we felt like, you know, we're in a position where we can make decisions, we come back together and and are unified in that and, and do it then. Oh, I'm just loving all of these tips. I think that you can really see already um, any of you listening who've gone through this, if you had that sort of sound advice coming to you when you were going through this process, how much easier it would have Mm. been. Because as I said, we've seen it go wrong. Um, It's about trying to make sure that you can make this as easy as possible and, and try and prevent yourself from having to grieve even more. You don't have to throw everything out. No. You can wait. Well, you probably should wait. Yeah, and there's you should, grace. Yeah, exactly, and not do it so in, in a rushed way. Yeah. And I think some of the situations that can be really hard too is if it's a child that passes away or mm. it's a partner and you're only in your 30s or, you know, like there's some situations that make it much harder that having a professional come in can really help you navigate to some of those tricky things that you would never have had to make decisions like that before. Yeah. It's understandable that it's overwhelming. Yeah. Well, and that that is the, the, the main thing, that most people don't have to go through this too many times, luckily, in their lives. Yeah. But when you do, you don't have to do it alone. No. You, you should have those proper supports in place yeah. to make sure you, you're not putting it all on your own shoulders. Mm. It will just make it so much worse if you do. Yeah, I love that. Someone to carry the load with you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, honestly, we could probably talk for hours and hours and hours, (laughs) but I am aware that we, um, you know, have an opportunity maybe to get you back, maybe. (laughs) Bribe you with cake and cake and tea. Done. (laughs) But um, I really appreciate you taking time out of your extremely busy schedule. Um, Amy, I will be putting contact details for um, your 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 business in our show notes and, and links to um, your website, not maybe your personal, you know, phone number, but <laughs> well, that's on our website. <laughs> well, there you go. I probably will do it then. Um, but I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. It's been an absolute delight to have you here. And I really think that this is going to be just such practical advice for people going through this and, and that starting point to knowing what to do next. Mm. So I really thank you for your extremely generous sharing of information. Pleasure. I've had a bowl. Let's do it again. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks. Hello again, Anna here. Well, that was such an interesting episode. I hope that you learnt a lot. Some of the key takeaways I'd say for, for the episode on things, I think the key is just make sure you plan. Make sure you talk to your family or your friends or your loved ones about what you want to do. Because the important thing is you won't be here when they're dealing with your things and you need them to understand how important certain assets and valuables are to you and why you want them to have it. If you have a question you would like us to cover in a future episode, you can send us an email. The address is whwid so what happens when i die at australianunity.com.au if you've enjoyed listening please subscribe and leave us a review we'd love to hear from you and tell your friends thanks for listening